If you wish you can make me clean, Jesus reaches out his hand and touches the leper and pause. That's the greatest moment of this man's life. And everything that we see after that, it just goes downhill. We can tell that by the way that the story goes. Because after that, it became impossible for Jesus to carry on his intended ministry. So what the leper did was not the right thing. In fact, the Lord told him to do two things. One, don't tell anybody. Two, go to the temple, offer sacrifice. He didn't do either of those things. He didn't go to the temple. He went everywhere else telling everybody else what had happened, which is what, exactly what he wasn't supposed to do. Furthermore, there's this interesting play on words here where it says, it became impossible for Jesus to enter the town plain, uh, openly. He remained outside in deserted places. Who remained outside in deserted places? Well, I think it's referring to Jesus, but it's not, de- it's not designated by the, the, the way that the pronoun is used. Because we were talking about the subject was the man went away, began to publicize the whole thing. He remained outside in, in, in deserted places. In, in other words, he didn't live in this newfound freedom of being healed. He went back to the deserted places. That's where he was. That's where lepers had to be. He had to be outside in the deserted places. Whether that's the intention or whether the intention is to say that Jesus became like a leper being stuck out in deserted places, we see that either way you read it, it's not good. This, is, this isn't a good ending to the story. And I think this is why Jesus is act, actually reluctant to heal quickly. It's actually doesn't, healing is not a huge part of Jesus' ministry. We sometimes think it is. We think, well, what did Jesus do? Oh, he performed miracles. He healed people. He cured the blind. He cured the lepers. He gave sight and hearing, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, he did. But in the, in the whole of the Gospels, that's really a very minimal part of his ministry. The Gospel of Matthew has 28 chapters. Jesus has only mentioned healing people in four of those chapters. The rest of the time he's preaching... And then most of the, most of the gospel, he's, he's dying on the cross. His passion, death, and resurrection takes up most of the gospels. And so we don't want to get this skewed vision that Jesus' main purpose in life is to heal us. Because he's much more interested in something else. I think what we get from this leper is that he had this encounter, this singular moment with the Lord... It's a beautiful moment. Jesus reaches out and touches him. I mean, this man is a leper. He hasn't been touched in God only knows how many years. And now the Lord himself is looking him in the eye and touching him. And then he, he's gone. Like that was a moment, a passing moment. But Jesus isn't interested in mere moments. This translation that we use, the New American Bible version, um, 
Sometimes it's just a really bad translation. And this is one of my, this is one of the places where I just despise this translation. Because what we get is, if you wish you can make me clean, Jesus responds with, I do will it be made clean. But that's not what the Greek says. In the Greeks, in the Greek, the man says, if you will, desire, wish. So you can translate it any way you want, but I like desire. If you desire, you can make me clean. Jesus says, I do desire. It's the exact same word. And there's no it. He doesn't say, I desire it. I desire it as in you being made clean. He says, I desire. If you desire, I do desire. What does Jesus desire? He desires him. He doesn't desire it. He doesn't desire this, this thing that he, he desires him. Because Jesus doesn't want just this moment. He doesn't want this, this, he doesn't want an it. He wants him. He wants to live in relationship with him. All, all the things we can ask for and pray for, like, oh Lord, if you, if you will, if you desire, it's like, Jesus says, yeah, but I desire you actually. More than anything else, I desire you. I think we can have a tendency to, to kind of be like the leper. And I don't mean us individually, us, us corporately. I mean, we can, just, we can just tend to do this. We, we look for these moments with the Lord and we can kind of forget about everything in between. The sacraments in particular, I mean, sacraments are beautiful moments of encounter with the Lord. I mean, these are, these are the encounters par excellence. Jesus literally reaches down from heaven and touches us. But he's not content with that moment. He wants so much more. I mean, think of baptism. You know, parents bring their, their child to the waters of baptism and say, I desire baptism for my child. God reaches down from heaven, he touches this child, brings this child into his family with all the blessings and benefits and obligations of family life. And then sometimes the case is we don't see them again. We don't see that child again. They had a moment, but Jesus wasn't looking for a moment. He wanted a life. We can kind of do this in the confessional too. I mean, how many times have we gone to confession and find ourselves saying the same thing? You know, we confess the same thing. We confess the last time. And, and, and Jesus, every time he reaches over the veil and he touches us and he heals us and he restores us to grace, he makes us whole. And then we go off and we find that we fall into the exact same thing again. It's like we're the leper going back to the leper colony. Well, you're gonna get leprosy again if you go back to the leper colony. Because Jesus isn't interested in just that sacramental moment. He's interested in you remaining and living in that grace. Jesus doesn't want to be limited to the sacraments. Jesus far surpasses the sacraments. The sacraments are the moments par excellence. Don't get me wrong. But when we're restored to grace... Well, what's that? What's that mean to be in the state of grace? It means that God is living in your soul. He's with you. You don't have to go looking for him. He's right there. We come to Holy Communion. We kneel down like the leper. Jesus reaches down. He touches us. 
in, in the moment above all moments, Jesus present in his, in his very humanity to us with all his healing power, all his love, all his divinity. But if we don't think about Jesus again until the next time we receive Holy Communion, we're, we're missing the point. The point isn't to live from sacrament to sacrament or communion to communion, but to live in communion with him all the time. So many of the saints, their stories, if we, if we look at them, are characterized by these long droughts of sacramental presence. I mean, some of, the, some of the saints literally lived out in the desert and it was impossible for them to receive Holy Communion or to go to confession or to, to encounter the sacraments or the priests in any way. And yet, they knew that God was with them and they were able to continue growing in friendship with him. And so we too, we have to take advantage of not just, not just the sacramental moments, but everything in between. How are we living our time in between the sacraments? Because Jesus isn't interested in mere moments. He wants a lifetime. And so we encounter him in the scriptures daily, regularly. We encounter him in the adoration chapel weekly, whenever we stop in. We encounter him in so many ways that he's, he's always present to us. We're coming on Lent, newsflash, Wednesday begins Lent. And I think Lent, be, for, for us, we can kind of look at, like, okay, you know, we're, we're kind of half dreading and half looking forward to Lent because we know it can be this encounter with the Lord and we can, you know, kind of, I need to get back into my spiritual life and there's certain things, like, okay, I'm going to give up this and give up that and, you know, hopefully at the end of Lent I'll, you know, be a better Christian. And so often, I mean, this is the case I can speak from personal experience. You get to the end of Lent and you're like, what did I, what did I even do? Did I even, did I even do anything? Did I even actually encounter the Lord? Or maybe, maybe we do, maybe it's profound. Maybe we, we give up something really, you know, helpful. You know, we like give up Netflix and spend time reading scripture or going to the Adoration Chapel or something that puts us in, in the presence of the Lord and we have a really powerful Lent. And then we get to the end of Lent and we go back to the leper colony. You know, Jesus isn't interested in a moment, even if it's a 40-day moment, but he's interested in, in that transformative experience so that we can live with him always. So let's, let's do something this Lent that will actually help us to do that, to be transformed, to change something to, to make new habits, to get, to get in a regular habit of prayer or confession or daily mass or stations of the cross or things that can help us get back into proximity with Jesus so that he can continue to change and transform us. In the ends of the pews and in the bulletin is just a little uh, St. Max Lent cheat sheet guide, some things like, okay, if I were to do each of these things this Lent, maybe once a week, maybe, maybe once during Lent, whatever it is, I think that will give you a beneficial Lent. Joining a small group, being, being with other people who are, are walking and pursuing Christ together, so essential for our Christian life. I think oftentimes we can, we, can, we can hear stories like this and say, well, why can't the Lord just do that? Why can't he just touch me and heal me? 
maybe from a physical ailment, maybe from an emotional or psychological ailment, maybe from an habitual sin that we just keep struggling with. Why can't Jesus just touch me and heal me and we can be done with it? Well, because I think Jesus knows that the temptation for us is to seek moments. And if we just merely are healed, we might wander off and never come back again or not come back again until we really need something. And so that's not the ordinary way that the Lord works with us. The the ordinary way the Lord works with us is slowly, slow transformation. I remember an encounter with a, a couple who came to my office, not here in Delano, and there was some, there was some weird stuff going on in the, in the house, in, her, in this woman's life, um, some, some demonic type stuff. She wasn't possessed, but there's some, some real manifestations going on, physical pain, weird things happening, obtrusive thoughts, I mean, all sorts of things. And it became very clear that there was some sort of demonic oppression So I told her, the Lord can heal you, and he wants to. He can make this better, and this is what he wants you to do. You need to start going back to Mass. You need to make a really good confession. You need to start praying every day. You need to stop living together. You need to get rid of all your occult stuff, your tarot cards, your Ouija boards, and all the rest of it, and the Lord will begin to heal you. I never saw them again because they weren't looking for a relationship. They were looking for a healing. They were looking for a quick fix. And so they probably went on to the next quick fix, which doctor, tarot card, palm reader, to see if they could help them instead. And, and sometimes we can do the same. You know, we, we live in the Amazon one-click, same-day delivery world. And we want immediate results. I have another instance where this young man, he was struggling with depression and anxiety. And he was, he was going all the normal, normal means to try to, you know, get back on his feet. And what he started doing was he would go every single day before work, he would go to adoration. And I think he would go to like adoration for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, something like that. He said every single day, and he told me emphatically, like, Father, I don't struggle with anxiety or depression anymore. So long as I come here, I'm okay. Well, what's the difference? The Lord didn't quick fix him. It was living in relationship with Jesus that was healing him. And that's the difference. The Lord isn't interested in mere moments. He's interested in a lifetime and an eternity of being with you. Because the Lord doesn't desire it. He desires you. You. 